Welcome to the Candy Hill Podcast. Thanks again for tuning in. Thanks again for the people that have written in uh, and uh, the donations as well. Very much appreciated. And yeah, the, the podcast, um, uh, I'm doing the best that I can to, to get these out in, uh, in as timely manner uh, as I can, but I'm, I'm just not going to crank them out um, and have them out there, you know, whatever, every, every couple of weeks, every three weeks, you know, just to have them out there. I'm going to I'm going to produce them when I have the time and, and when I can broadcast the message that I want. And uh, this, is, this podcast fits very much into, um, into that. I just keep gathering more and more notes on this. And uh, this podcast, which is we're going to talk about our motor controls and, and how our motor controls is really what equals adjustability uh, in, our, in our sport and in your riding. And when you hear me talk about timing, uh, whatever whatever timing might be, this is where timing comes from, uh, is being able to time whatever your motor controls are uh, to, to get the to get the results that you want. So nice thing is we can just dive right, in, dive right into it. So here we go. What do the best riders in the world have in common? And what they have in common is adjustability, meaning, of course, haul ass, I get that. But it's it's the ability to change the application of their techniques to match a given environment. And notice how I said application of techniques. It's not their techniques are changing. It's the application of their techniques because your base fundamentals always are there. And I think this is, this is so key because once you learn some of these base fundamentals, then all you're doing is working on the degree of application, right? And adjusting these, these fundamentals for what your given environment is. I can't even tell you how, how much this is going to make your life so much um, simpler uh, by, by, by sticking with this idea. And so the sooner that you can understand it, the simpler your, your, your riding life is going to be able to be. What this boils down to is being able to adjust for your skill level, the available grip, the bike size, the speed, the force you're putting into the bike. And this is what the best riders in the world are doing is they're being able to look at a, whatever, a certain corner radius, a certain grip level, um, a bike size, and it's the same technique, again, just being able to, to adjust for it. So if they're doing it, you can do it. And this is how we're going to, this is how we're going to make that happen. And it's so easy. And this is one of the things that I fight with, with students. Um, in, in something that we have going on in our, our, um, uh, our language and our sport, which is we get caught up in these, these wives' tales and this advice that gets getting passed on as, as absolutes, right? I always break to the apex. Well, no, no, I always am on the gas to the apex. Oh, um, I, I always use my brakes lighter and longer. Or I, I, no, 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 I always use a lot of brake pressure straight up and down. So then it becomes, what is it? Well, it's all of them, <laughs> but it's a question of when, when, and this goes, this goes into the timing part of it. All right, let's get into the meat of this thing. And the meat of this thing is let's define motor, we'll start off with defining motor controls. And the way that I am defining motor controls is it's any physical input you're putting into the motorcycle. Okay, so any physical input you're putting into the motorcycle, and that's your brakes, your throttle, your clutch, your 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 body and any handlebar or steering input. So 
These are the physical inputs. These are the physical actions being controlled by your body's motor controls, right? By your physical inputs that tell the motorcycle what to do. So there we go. That's what motor controls is. So how do we become adjustable instead of essentially finite? How do we adjust? And I want you to start thinking of it this way. Your initial inputs allow the adjustability for the upcoming situation. And then the end of your inputs allow for the fine adjustments for your situation. And this is why we talk about the first 5%. We talk about the last 5%. So as, as we start to get into this, it's realizing that, okay, let's, let's, let's stay, stick with this thought. The first 5% of your input is what allows you to adjust for the upcoming input. This is where really your decision-making process starts. Because if, you, if your brake application, for instance, is your initial brakes is a, uh, gosh, whatever, a 30% input, well, how do, how do you make sure that the situation you're, you're coming up to is a 30% uh, corner, right? Or 30% breaking application. So the first 5% of your, of your initial application, first 5% of your break application at this point, at this, this um, example, is what we're looking for to match the situation that's coming up. So first five is what allows the adjustment. Last five is what gives us the fine-tuning adjustment for that situation. So then what changes is the middle 90% of that application based on whatever your situation is. I'm gonna go through examples with each one of these so we can, we can really dive into it. So if you're thinking, and again, I'm just gonna use uh, brakes as a great example here because it's the number one thing that we have issues with in our, in our sport and the, the riders that I see, is we have the same way of going to the brake and then we actually hold the same brake pressure for whatever corner it is. So you're hoping that the corner matches your braking application instead of being like what the best in the world do, being adjustable for whatever that situation is. So going to the brakes at the first 5%, it allows, again, the front end to, to um, transfer energy, transfer force into the fork, into the tire, and allows more grip and allows the front of the bike to be supported better. Uh, but it also gives you this time, then your actual inputs then can do to adjust. And we're going to talk about there's I, I, I've held on to one more of these inputs and I'm going to talk about it at the end. Um, that, will, that will probably surprise you a little bit. So let's, uh, let's dive into each one of these. So brakes. I already started mentioning it. First 5%, last 5%. So your first 5% is what allows you to adjust for the upcoming situation. Last 5% gives you, gives you the finite adjustment for whatever your situation is to get direction. If you have a very tight radius corner, short radius corner, right? You go to your brakes at your first five. Well, then your brake graph has to be very compressed to get your freaking bike slowed and pointed the way that you wanted, wanted to. So that's a different brake application than say a very long open radius corner where you will have a lighter, longer braking technique because that's what the radius offers. If we don't put the initial input and the end of input in there, you're not gonna carry the optimum speed through it or be able to have the optimum direction for it. Throttle. The throttle is one that we're also seeing quite a few more problems with. And it's really interesting because with this whole advent of uh, 
of TC, uh, you know, having all these electronics. Uh, and of course, what else is going on with bikes? They're freaking getting faster. So your initial input makes a bigger difference to what the bike is doing. And you know, you crack the throttle on and what you think is, you know, maybe three or 4%, but it's actually 20%. And then you just gave the bike, you know, 45 horsepower. So it's the same thing with the throttle. The initial throttle input is incredibly precise. Notice how I didn't say slow. It's incredibly precise. And the same thing, it allows the rear of the bike to be able to gain energy, allows the rear contact patch to build. And then you now can adjust your throttle application based on the radius. Super short radius corner, guess what? Your hand will move faster, right? Think about then if your radius is really long, your hand is gonna move slower as the radius opens up and as the exit comes towards you. So having that ability to move your hand at the speed of what the radius offers, that's what we're looking for. Uh, I got a great term that we just, uh, we kind of just thought about and um, uh, one of the things that we, we talk about is, you know, rushing your entry, right? Rushing direction. How about don't rush your exit? I love this term. So don't rush your exit based on how your throttle hand moves. This is something that I'm working on in my own riding. I've spent years working on my brakes. And I'm pretty happy with that right now. Um, but now I'm working on my throttle hand. And uh, I just set my best laps at Chuckwalla a few weeks ago um, by working on my hand speed. Now, hand speed doesn't mean I'm moving it quicker. It means I'm moving it more precisely to match the radius of the corner. So this is where the throttle application is also a big deal. So clutch. The clutch is one that the initial clutch application is not that big of a deal. And of course, now we've got bikes that you know, have auto blips uh, and, and we're getting, we're getting going. We're going to talk about that in just a second as well. And the initial clutch, as you, as you go to depress the clutch lever, so you engage the clutch, that action's not that big of a deal. It's the release that we're talking about. It's how you want the rear wheel to catch up to the motor. That's the one that we're really looking at. And you know, with auto blips, why do they have auto blips? It's a freaking blip, right? So in other words, they want to control how the rear wheel is being caught up to the motor. And it's the same thing here. You can do that under clutch release. You know, a lot of the new bikes come with some sort of slipper clutch, but as you start going quicker and quicker, there's limits to those, to those actions as well, to how those, things are, how those things are set up from the factory. So still pay attention to your clutch release. And it's, that's also gonna make a big deal uh, on your last, especially on the last uh, part of your clutch release on your last downshift. So body position. <laughs> Yeah, this is one I want you to think about. I, I see, I, I typically, one of the things we have to fight, one of the things we typically see is like two body positions, like a very sort of upright body position and then boom, on the, you know, trying to get your knee on the, uh, you know, knee on the, knee on the deck and your elbow on the deck as quickly as possible. And again, it's radius dependent. If you watch what the best riders in the world are doing, what we're working on or what they're working on is actually a fairly slow initial body input and then they're going to adjust their body based on the radius of the corner. So think, I want you to think about it this way. If, if it's a time issue, how quickly do you want to move for basically the time of what that radius is? So body position, how your body position and body timing work is your initial body 
is what's going to set you up to have the right body position at the right time. And you can almost think of this as that there's a specific body position on entry, middle of the corner, and a specific body position on the exit. And of course, to connect all of those, there's literally, there's unlimited number of body positions to get the, you know, to get the bike to do what you want it to do. So slow down your initial body input so you can tell the bike where to go and, and, and how you want your body to be at the right time. Steering inputs, handlebars. I'm not going to get into the whole counter steering versus sort of body position deal here. That's not what this is about, um, though that is another topic of another podcast because ultimately those, uh, those end up controlling the same thing. But how you, how you initially steer the bike, how you, in other words, your input on the bar, not the pressure on your bar, but the input on the bar goes a long way. And that's something that we see as, as well. This one's kind of interesting because what I see on this one is typically um, a very soft initial input to the bar and then leave it. Where realize there's times where you have to put more of a deliberate effort into the bar um, to get the bike to do what you want it to do. But again, same thing. This is an emo this is your motor controls and how you adjust, adjust for the situation that you're at. So another thing with, uh, with handlebars is a, is, a, is a pretty big deal. And again, how your lower, I'm, I'm going to mention this one too, it's a little bit off topic here, but how your lower body supports your upper body so your arms and hands are free to give the inputs that you want. So can't talk enough about our, our core strength and how that, and how that works. Those are, the, those are sort of the big ones that we've, that we've talked about, right? So our brakes, our throttle, our clutch, our body, and our handlebars. There's one here that uh, I saved for the end, and it's one that um, is, is really the key that unlocks all of these. And so how do, how does our brain intake this information so we can adjust? And it's your eyes. It's so specifically how your eyes and your motor controls are engaged because that that's really the, the sort of secret sauce to this let's say you're coming into a corner and um you want to know uh how long your initial braking should be to, to understand the radius well your eyes are going to tell us this how long should you leave your eyes on a specific reference point so you can't adjust the motor controls this is where your eyes come into play um, how quickly you should move your body, all these different things. So your eyes, how adjustable your eyes are, how long they're going to stay with a, sp a specific reference point. There absolutely, absolutely are inputs that go along with this. And this is one that you may not have thought about. Boy, it is a big one that we work on. So I want you to really think about that. And of course, if you, if you listen to a lot of these other podcasts, we talk about eyes and eye timing. Specifically, podcast number six um, really relates to, to eye timing. So to finish up on eyes, it's the depth perception that we're looking at. We want your depth perception engaged so your motor controls can be engaged and get this going. So let's go back and kind of sum this up a little bit, and then we can actually work on this sitting on your bike in your garage, and that's something we're going to we can't do enough uh, uh, of as well, or, or even in a parking lot. So motor controls. Motor controls equal adjustability. Your initial input, end of input, is what allows you to adjust for the upcoming situations and gives you that proactive 
thought process. This is where your options come from. This is where your choices come from. So our brakes, initial five, end of five, our throttle. Really pay attention to that initial throttle. In some situations, how you roll off the throttle is a big deal. And we're seeing this, of course, at the very sharp end of the sport, how we roll off the throttle becomes a bigger and bigger deal. Clutch, let's really be diligent about that last clutch release. This is something you can practice every time you ride your bike, how you let your clutch out initially. Body position, think about where do I want my body to be in the quarter and how do I adjust that initially? How does my initial body movement allow me to, to have the right body position at the right time for the given radius corner? Handlebar inputs as well. Uh, that's certainly another big one. So training for this, you can sit in your garage and do this and you can sit on your bike and go to your brakes and build this and, and learn to build that. Same thing with your throttle. Start your bike up and start to sneak your throttle open and listen to the engine and see how that works. Um, eyes, you certainly can work on this driving your car every day, riding your bicycle. You can be at the gym working with you, this on your eyes. So there's, there's so many things that you can practice, practice with this. So this actually is the abbreviated version of this podcast. Yeah, if, I, if you guys had got into it, uh, I would have been into this for the whole six or seven pages of notes. But I think this is what's gonna, this is the, this is what's really the, what it boils down to and is gonna give you what you need um, to get better at this. But I can't emphasize this enough um, with our motor controls and all these inputs that we're putting into the bikes. This motor controls is what equals our adjustability. Motor controls is, this is what allows us to be the rider that can adjust for different situations on our ride, whether it's your street ride, different grip levels, um, you're just got on somebody else's bike, right? How do you know how everything's react? So let's let's really take this one to heart. And these are things that you can work on in your garage, in your car, on your bicycle, pouring your, you know, whatever, pouring a glass of water, you can work on these things. So there you go, motor controls. Copyright 2019, Ken Hill Coaching, all rights reserved. Copyright 2019, Ken Hill Coaching, all rights reserved.